Hey, how's it going, Marines? I know that most of you don't know me. Some of you thought I looked like Conor McGregor. I am not. I beat his ass in a phone booth. You know what I mean? He's four foot nine. He doesn't look real in real person. Um, my name's Ryan Rogers. I'm a former Marine, and I'm here to talk to you today about your profession, let's say. Um, if I can get my computer to pull up, it'd be super sweet. Uh, we've been standing in the back kind of bullshit and got the nerves down, but now it's time to talk business. So I'll make you a deal. You give me 100% of you for the next 25, 30 minutes, then I'll give you 100% of me. Fair enough? Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, when y'all think about the Marines, what do you think about? Anybody? No, nah, no, nah, you say you're going to give me 100%. That means I need 100%. When you think about your profession as a Marine, what do you think about? What did you say? War. war. What do you think about war? War fighting. War fighting. Gun fighting. Yes. Who else? That's it? None of y'all think about your profession outside of war? I like that. Hey, listen, when I think about your profession, when I think about the Marines, my former profession, I think about the Spartans at the gates of fire. I think about when King Leonidas yelled to his 300, what is your profession? Oh, there was no doubt in anybody's mind that witnessed that, what their profession was. Can we agree on that? Can we agree on that? Okay. Your profession as an 03, as an infantryman, is to go and wage war and deal out American resolve when you're told to go, where you're told to go. You don't get an option in the geopolitical situation. You don't get a choice or a option of how you get there. It might be by a ship, it might be by a bird, right? But one thing's for certain, you're in the business of being ready, gentlemen, any climbing place. Ready to do what? Mission Marine Corps Rifle Squad. Locate, close with, and destroy the enemy by fire and maneuver, and repel the enemy assault by fire and close combat. Now, if you're not getting some feelings in your soul coming, moving up, when I say that, then I'm not talking to the right people. Because when I say that, it's inspiring. When I say that, that's badass. My job, my sole purpose on this planet is to locate, close with, and destroy the enemies of my nation and repel them if they think that they didn't have enough yet. Right? That's fucking awesome. My experiences as a warfighter have not always been great. The leadership above me, not always so great. The training events, the deployments thereafter, everything in my career molded me into the person that I was to become. I was blessed with leaders that cared about the Marines in their charge and aimed to make them better, as you should care about the Marines in your charge and aim to make them better. It's important to take from a leader that of which you like, that vibes with your leadership style, and that which you do not like, strip it away and leave it. If you have somebody doing things that you don't agree with, the things that you don't like or don't vibe with your leadership style, then when you're building your own brand, gentlemen, it's best to leave those alone, right? However, the old man that can show you a thing or two, it's best to pick up what he's laying down, put it in your cargo pocket. If you look down at your uniform right now, there's two brand names on it. One's the United States Marines, and the other's your last name as a man. One's been built already, proven, stood the test of time. We don't salute like this for a reason. The other one's up to you to build. It's up to you to cultivate. It's up to you to decide that while I'm in, be it four years or a career and a lifetime of waging war for my nation, I am going to make this brand. And that is on you solely to make that choice. 
I had leaders in my time that would put minimum quotas on distance education and MCIs that I had to complete. I also had some that had rigorous PT uh, regimens where I hated it, but I was puking my guts up every morning. It made me better. They did more for me in those little things, those little uh, idiosyncrasies as a leader as they helped mold me and form me as a Marine. If you're not doing that for your, uh, to, to, your, uh, to your followers, to your, to your teams, to your elements, you should be. I also had the, uh, the leadership that thought maybe it was best to lay up in the room, play video games instead of hit the quad and do on and off drills with tourniquets. Gentlemen, you're not in the business of saying when you go, but you are in the business of being ready. When I was in 3-2 Lima Company in 2007 and 8, I thought I had a grip on the Marine Corps. I was an NCO, and we were deploying for Iraq. And for the first time, I was relishing in the thought of actually getting to practically apply my life's work, the training, the time spent away from family, the ranges, the Marines. I was ready to put it to work, and I was going to get the chance, right? Wrong. Uh, there was minimal combat in that deployment, some pop shots, some IEDs, but not an enemy that really wanted to face me. Not an enemy that was going to give me what I was looking for for my whole career. And to be honest with you, coming home from that deployment uh, was discouraging. As I thought I was going to get there, I was at the peak. I was ready. I was ready to kill the enemy. I was ready to fight the enemy. And then the enemy didn't want to fight. That's a shot to the heart, man, because on the horizon, I didn't see another real shot at getting the combat in the time that I wanted it. In 2009, let me tell you a little story. I was so butthurt coming off of that deployment that I didn't get to engage the enemy and really fight that on the following deployment, they were working up, 3-2 was working up to go on a mew. I wanted none of it. I don't want to go mew and train around. I wanted to fight. I didn't get that. So I tried out for the all-Marine boxing team. Made it. Spent nine, nine months fighting for the Marines. Then the time was up, like time to nut up or, or get out, right? So I re-upped and took an Op 4 bonus in 2009 to stay with operational forces that maybe I could get into Afghanistan. Things were starting to kind of look like maybe there was a chance. And so in 2009, I was set and I transferred to 3-6 on the Op 4 bonus where I was assigned to Kilo Company 2nd Platoon. I inherited the unique situation then of learning my squad members as I was assigned as a squad leader and their capabilities in just 30 days leading up to a deployment. There was one range that we did. I had to rely on the leadership of the platoon, the leadership of the teams, the team leaders to tell me who was worth their salt and who wasn't worth their salt. And like I said, learning their names on the go. 30 days after taking that assignment, I end up in Afghanistan on the eve of the invasion of Marja. Again, still learning my men's names and capabilities. The, uh, the amount of understanding, uh, real understanding of combat and human psychology hit me in that deployment. In one deployment as a squad leader, I called in shift polar and grid mortar missions on the enemy. I fired HIMAR rockets 90, 90 clicks away from, Helmand, uh, from uh, Camp uh, Leatherneck in support of operations in Marja to destroy the enemy. We utilized APOBs to clear lanes. We utilized fixed and rotary wing close air support. And I fired every weapon system organic to us to align infantry squad in anger at the enemy. You must always be ready. 
I talk about situations in the book that I just released in April called Lions of Marja. I talk about things that I witnessed with my own eyes that most people would tell you is impossible. Things like a mortar shot from a corporal mortar uh, team leader on a moving target. The moving target was one sole man with an 82 millimeter mortar tube off the back of his moped traveling at 25 to 30 miles an hour. He used a machine gunner holding his arm up on the inside of our battle position as an aiming stake, calculated his flight time and let the round go. The man disappeared in this plume. Direct hit. That shit's amazing. I could tell stories about in my book where I talk about three to four Marines that joined our platoon just literally eight to ten days before we pushed as combat replacements out of SOI. Trial by fire literally for these young men. They had no time to train. They got what they got at the basic school, and then they come over here, and we had to take them in and say, hey, tie your boots and listen to everything you're told. There's no time for fuck-around games. It's time to train. No nonsense train for war. The fact is, at that time, we as an element, we were trained, we were equipped, and we were ready to exploit the opportunity of a lifetime within the lifetime of that opportunity. And let me say that again because it's important. This comes out of the number one motivational speaker literally in the world right now, Eric Thomas, known as the hip-hop preacher. A man that was homeless and took himself to a PhD and overtook Tony Robbins in a short period of time. That's amazing because he can move people. He said, you must be ready to exploit the opportunity of a lifetime in the opportunity of that lifetime. You don't know when your opportunity is coming, so you must always be ready. So if we go to, the, to war tomorrow, let me ask you this. Are you ready? Are you ready to call every one of those missions? Are you sound in your tactics, techniques, and procedures, and is your team prepared? That's a question for you. If it's not, then you need to spend every time available to you and resource and asset to get it better. I'll briefly cover a few topics that weigh heavily on my mind when I think about Marines and just the geopolitical situation we currently find ourselves in. I went to school following my retirement from the Corps and I got my bachelor's degree in Homeland Security. This kept me in the vein of combat, things that I liked as I navigated courses uh, specific to Osama bin Laden and Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. I, for the first time, began to fall in love with the act of reading. I learned that there's so much that I can learn that I do not know. So many experiences that I physically cannot and have not had that if I have them through reading and learned experience, I'll be better in the future. The Marine Corps knows the power of the reading. That's why it formulates the Commandant's reading list for each rank to know what you should be reading. These works are timeless and they specifically pertain to your profession as warfighters. If you haven't read works like On Combat and On Killing by Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, if you haven't read With the Old Breed by E.B. Sledge about the Pacific, then you're doing yourself and your element a disservice. And if you haven't read them, read them again. Read them this time with your element and conduct after actions. As the Marine Corps transitions back to its naval roots, gentlemen, it'll be more important than ever to stay in the vein of your profession. Even when there seems to be no enemy on the sites or on the horizon to direct your thoughts, to direct your training. What better way to stay current than reading and reviewing a wealth of books and knowledge specific to your life and profession? Reading enables you to navigate experiences that you will face in the future downrange when you get the chance. If 
you read about them, you learn about them, you see what could be done great, what was done great, and what could be done better. You're infinitely better at the practical application of that thing, whatever it is, when you experience it in real life. Like, uh, I got an example. I learned this from reading Ryan Holiday. My example would be in March on the 21st of February, my squad came under heavy fire at the crest of a ridge. We were moving up to work down to this little interconnected compound because we had seen black flags and were told that we wouldn't come out of there the day prior. I was told that when I was doing a battle damage assessment on a dead man. So what did I say? <laughs> Bet. Time to make a plan. We're going to go down there. I mean, uh, as we came up to this ridge, our other, uh, my sister element was down to the, to the right, and they got caught in the open, and they were pinned under heavy fire when we sustained one killed in action, Matthias Newman Hansen, who Camp Hansen was later named after. Knowing that there was one heavy automatic weapon at the bottom of that hill and raking across the top, I maneuvered my squad plus attachments to the crest and I gave the command to take the crest of the hill, gain fire superiority and fire at all targets of opportunity as well as anything that looks suspicious until we gained fire superiority. I didn't know the location of the heavy gun and that was the reason for the order. Gentlemen, this is a tactic I saw in a movie. If you've ever saw the movie We Were Soldiers off the book We Were Soldiers once, there's a cutoff element and the command goes to, 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 to get them. They come up to a ridge. They know there's something eerie, but they don't know where they are. And Mel Gibson, I think, gives the order to fire three rounds at anything that looks suspicious. That is what came to my head at that time. It wasn't a book that I read. It wasn't a podcast. It wasn't a real thing. It was out of a book, made into a movie, into something that I could absorb and understand. And in a split second, I had an idea of how we could get fire superiority on that crest of that hill. That's the power of taking the knowledge in. That's the power of reading. That day, the bet paid off. We gained fire superiority, and I fired a law rocket from the shoulder to neutralize the machine gun bunker. I think about the same thing when I think about Dakota Meyer. We all know who he is, I assume. Yes? Eh? Okay. Bad motherfucker. If you haven't watched Jocko's podcast that details the account of his Medal of Autumn run, today, when you go home, watch it. It's three hours, but it might save your life in the future. The reason that Myers was able to, to sustain the run that he sustained was because he understood his enemy. He had read about his enemy. He had been to schools about his enemy, and he paid attention. He looked at the, at the past couple of months and what the enemy was doing, where they were reinforcing from, and how they were getting to his element. And then he ran tactical decision games and war games in his heads in the nights leading up. He talks about on the podcast how he had already done all of this in his mind and it just became a formality in the practical application and that's motivating that means that you can take the knowledge just like if you're a second baseman anybody play baseball out there football anything that you played you played some kind of sports when you were little right and they told you down and ready right well down and ready meant i got to get down and ready and if there's a guy on one i'm tgg and where am i going when the ball's hit to me the ball's hits the outfield who am i cutting off this is the same thing we should be doing with our profession. That's the same thing that Dakota did in the nights leading up to his run. He trained it and wargamed it so hard in his head that it became a formality. It's just a matter of doing it, like a burpee when you're tired. It doesn't matter how tired you are. You tell your body to drop to its face, the burpee does itself. This is something important to understand. And I wouldn't bind this strictly to reading and reviews, gentlemen. I would, I would encourage podcasting. I would encourage movies. I would encourage reenactments. You get the same learned behavior from each of them. 
see things to do and see things that maybe could be done better in situations that you have not had the chance yet to experience. I would also encourage more team building events, taking your element, taking your team, your squad. You don't have to be the king dingling of the, the king walking boss of the, of the entire platoon to set training up for your element, to bring your element together. Take them out to some of these battlefields. We have local sites and refill that as Spirit Decor. Let them know about the giants that came before them. The Spirit Decor in the ranks is more, empower, more powerful than you can imagine when you're downrange and under fire, gentlemen. Developing your subordinates is crucial as a leader in any ranks, but especially as the NCO. These are the men that you're going to depend on for the rest of your career. The men in this room, those of you that stay long enough, you'll be depending on them. And guess what? You're building your brand now. The Marine Corps brand, that's already built. You're building your brand. How are men going to understand and think about you? As you stay longer, the Marine Corps gets smaller. The competition thins out and the cream rises to the top. If you present your brand now and hereafter, and, and hereafter as a developer of Marines, as a mentor, and as somebody that is going to take care of their men, let their men write their fit, fit reps, men will relish in the idea of working with you. Not just here in Lejeune, but downrange. When the ops come up, they want you. They want your brand. In closing, I'll say this. The best power, part about being a Marine is the objective good that you unknowingly bring to the world and to the people around you. Only, you don't recognize this until it's all gone. When you retire or you leave the ranks under your, own, under your own reasons, only then is it that you realize the deep satisfaction and purpose that derives from being part of this gun club, gentlemen. The lack of purpose, uh, only then is you realize it's too late. My goal is to show you this sooner than later. The lack of purpose in one's existence is worse than any bodily injury. The lack of purpose uh, is the type of energy, uh, is the type of injury that amputates the soul. It really does something to your psyche. So I say this, always do your best, always take care of one another, and always stri strive to find a better, faster, stronger way to kill the enemy. And honor the United States Marine Corps and the brand from which you come. Marines, you have big shoes to fill. The giants came before you. They've written down the blueprint. They've handed it to you. It's up to you to pick it up, to soak it in, to read it, to cultivate it, to perfect it, to master it. That way, when your opportunity of a lifetime comes knocking, gentlemen, you're ready to exploit that, that opportunity, and you're ready in the lifetime of that opportunity. Thank you, and I'll take some questions. If you guys got some questions, I also have some recommendations that I'll go over afterwards. Uh, so that's what I got for you. That's my 100%. Now, what I need for you is engage back and forth. Tell me what we're thinking, and then you need to take this from here, this talk. It's just a talk, but I hope it inspired you to be better. I hope it inspired you to take this back to your Marines and tell them this is what your purpose is. Your purpose is to locate and close with. It's to destroy the enemy, and we're going to get better at it together. I... Uh, I took this, this gig to speak to you because I believe in it. It is my entire platform, from my book to my podcast to my speaking, my entire platform is to better the warfighter because I didn't realize the power of reading soon enough in my career. I didn't realize the power of training and knowing purpose and instilling that into my guys, but I know it now. I learned in Marja that you don't have time for anything but train. No nonsense. The video games, 
the time spent. Am I telling you not to have fun? Absolutely not. I'm telling you to have fun, but I'm telling you your number one purpose for the time that you wear this cloth is to honor this cloth. And by honoring this cloth, I mean being ready to go at any minute. Because just like it happened to me in 2009, we were slated for an Okinawa booze cruise. And in 30 days, it changed like that. And I had to be ready to operate every weapon system organic to the squad. If you're not on that level, you should be on that level. That's the level that you're responsible to. You are the backbone of the Marine Corps, gentlemen, and the tip of the spear. And I'm not saying that lightly. You are where the metal meets the meat. And war is hard enough when you're good at it, I promise. You can do everything right, make every decision right in the game that we play, and people will still die. Your mistakes go in bags, gentlemen. We need to be in the business of being serious. Do I have any questions? What do you got? What's the name of your book? Book's called Lions of Marja. Lions of Marja. It's a personal war memoir. I have tons of stories just like this, you know, briefly covered here. And then the contextual information of how those operations unfolded. I'm talking to a squad out of 2-6 golf company in mid-February who is doing a PME on my, on my book. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to more of those calls. These are some of the latest, most relevant firefights, both in my book and in my podcast. In my podcast, I have your own James Finney on an episode. And he kills it because he's a real war dog. We came up in the Marine Corps together. You have leaders around here that are giants that you should be picking the brains of. I put some of those giants on the podcast. I have flyers in the back for the podcast and the book. And I mean for you to take this back and spread this message, gentlemen, because the geopolitical situation with uh, Russia and what they want to do and China and what they want to do and the fact that there are 16 different nation strike groups in the South China Sea right now, gentlemen, it's not going to be long that you have the train. And you need to be ready. Because if you fall, what's that mean? We are the shining city on the hill. I don't know if any of you have ever heard that. It's historical. Uh, that's what we called each You know, that's been from the old days. Presidents have been saying it for years. We are the shining city on the hill and the, and the example for the rest of the world of what is right and what is honorable. And the people that protect that are sitting in this room right now. So if you fall, we all fall. And that doesn't happen in here. Right? All right. Any other questions? Comments? Concerns? All right, gentlemen, that's all I have for you. I appreciate you. I am humbled and honored to stand in front of you. And let me be honest with you guys. Uh, if this speech moved you, I hope it did. This is, my, this is my life's work leading up. I've been practicing to give you Marines this speech for six years. When they put me out of the Marine Corps, I lost my purpose. So I went to school. I went to get my, my credentials. I went to learn how to write a speech. I went to learn how to publicly speak so that I could come back here. And I started that six years ago. This just happened to be the time that it came. I already seen this. I seen this opportunity coming. And I said, I will be ready for it. I appreciate everything that you guys do. And you need to know the responsibility in which you have. I tell him to read. I would tell him to train. And I would tell him that. That's a loaded question, James. I would tell him that there is no time for the nonsense. When you get downrange and you're controlling men in combat, gentlemen, it is going to be the joy of your life. It was the joy of my life. Uh, still to this day, I've had kids, 
married two women. The joy of my life was leading Marines in combat. Uh, Hemingway said a long time ago, just after World War I, World War I really changed the way that he thought about things. And he said, there is no hunting like the hunting of grown men. And those who have hunted armed men long enough and liked it never cared for anything thereafter. That's the business you're in, gentlemen. I would tell my Lance Corporal self to read. I would tell my Lance Corporal self to study, to train, to pick the minds of my seniors, to find the people that were there before me, and to understand my enemy. That's what I would tell my Lance Corporal self. Question. Anything else? Well, listen, it's been an honor, guys. Truly an honor, and I'm humbled to be in the presence of warfighters again after the amount of time that I've taken off. So I hope to make this a more regular thing. Please take this message back. This is a message from people that came before you. You have big shoes to fill, and you must be ready. We never know when it's coming. We never know when the strike's coming, and we got to be ready. So thank you. Train hard, train smart, and take care of each other. Thank you. I'll leave some flyers in the back back here that you guys can pick up if you so choose. They'll have links to both the book, how to find it, as well as the podcast, how to find it. And, uh, and I hope you do that. I hope you take it up.